are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Hey guys, welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. Tom here, as always, with John and Mike. Uh... And Mike, I've been thinking about uh, what you said in uh, in our last episode about grief, about asking that question uh, to your wife about what uh, you know what made her sad uh, about last year, and um, you know, and, and as I had mentioned uh, last week, you know, I hadn't even crossed my mind to to ask that question to my wife or or myself really, um, and it reminded me of when uh, we had Kyle Hoffman on, uh, and he was talking about. I think he said annually he does it right of uh of just essentially kneeling before his wife and and asking you know what have I done wrong how can I be better um and just uh, kind of the uncomfortable place that both of those questions put us in right because you're just you're opening yourself up to uh anything really you you have no idea what their response is going to be uh you have no idea what the um requirement is going to be on you as a result of that question and and receiving the answer um and so you're just uh i think just to ask those questions in the first place you have to be willing to um to put yourself in that uncomfortable position, um, which is hard for a lot of us. Uh, and for a lot of us, we've, we've learned to not do that. Um, and so, uh, John, you were also talking about, um, off the recording, uh, about the chance that you had to, to speak to a group of men at our church, um, during a men's breakfast. And, and, uh, you kind of tackled this exact topic, right. Of, choosing discomfort and what that looks like and and what that means for us as we try to grow and keep moving forward yeah it was an interesting topic and you know talking about it amongst the three of us i think we realized there might be i don't know some meaningful discussion but the the gist of it was this that you know oftentimes discomfort or challenge or frustration or heartache or hardship is is thrust upon us and so we have to figure out, like, how, how do I navigate this, right? Where Where is God in the midst of this? What am I supposed to do? Things like that. Um, you know, even here at Strong Towers, back in our first season, we did a, a multi-part series on the idea of challenge, physical challenge, mental challenge, spiritual challenge, relational challenge. Um, I mean, it was honestly one of the, one of my favorite series that we've ever done. And yet, as I was you know, thinking about this message that I was doing for this group of guys and have continued to reflect on it since, one of the things that struck me is that it feels like there's a difference between challenge and discomfort. And I don't know if I'm right on this, but the way that it makes sense in my head is that challenge feels like it's sort of a known quantity and there's a a known path to accomplishing it. Um, It may be a path that you haven't taken before, but, you know, for example, we've obviously talked a lot about running on this platform because all of us have gotten sucked in at one point or another. 
And so with running, we've, we've challenged ourselves to run further or run faster. Um, that whole challenge series was started by us choosing to engage in the challenge of running the Ragnar Relay. And what struck me was in that situation, the challenge was very much known. It's you need to run quite a ways. And so the ability to meet that challenge was also known. You need to go run a lot in order to prepare to run a lot. Um, and, you know, even with the mental challenge, the spiritual challenge, some of those other conversations we had, in many cases, it was, we know what to do, and we're just not doing it. And so we need to challenge ourselves. We need the motivation. We need the 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 goal sheet on the fridge. Like, whatever it is, we need something to kick ourselves in the butt to go meet a goal. And, and discomfort feels different to me. Discomfort feels like, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to do this other than knowing I need to do it. Yeah. Um, the example I used at you know this meeting of guys at our church was the example of Peter in the Gospels, which actually it only shows up in one place, so I can't even say the Gospels. But Peter in the boat, in the storm, he sees Jesus walking on the water, and he's the one guy out of a whole boat full of scared people that goes... I see where he is and I see where I am and I don't want to be where I am. I want to be where he is, but I have no idea how to get there. But I know that's where I want to be. And so I need someone to tell me how to do it. I need someone how to help me get there, but I want to get there. And the more as we were just chatting, the three of us, the more we were realizing there's probably places in our life that it's not a question of challenge. It's a question of discomfort. Um, I don't know how to get there. I barely know what the problem is or what I'm hoping to get out of it. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel confident. I don't know the steps to take, but I know it's someplace I need to go. Um, there was a quote that I pulled from a guy named Howard Macy who said that the spiritual life cannot be made suburban. It's always frontier and we who live in it must accept and even rejoice that it remains untamed. And there's just something about that that contrast between suburban and frontier. I mean, we don't even have frontier anymore, I feel like, unless you're Trekkie fans and yeah. it's space. But, like, you know, the suburbs is where, like, you know how to do everything. Everything's five minutes away. If you need a hardware store, it's five minutes. Grocery store, five minutes. Specialty store, five minutes. Traffic, it's five minutes, right? Like, frontier doesn't even exist. But, you know, back in olden times of yore, which I can't believe as a history teacher, I just uttered those words. Um, like it's the notion of when you go to the frontier, you, you don't know what to do. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You don't know what you're going to do. It's, it's a giant mystery. And so other than choosing to go there and see what happens, it's a bunch of question marks. And so that's more the space that we're coming at this topic of discomfort from. Um, like Tom said, you know, the looking back on 2020 and, and grieving, it, re it made us realize there were some places, not of challenge, but of discomfort. And I think once we started to broaden our gaze on that topic, we started to recognize there's probably lots of places where it's not so much an, an issue of challenge as it is discomfort. Uh, so this may be one of those episodes where we just ask ourselves lots of questions and don't necessarily have any answers, but it felt like there might be something good here. And so we're going to chase after it during the next however many minutes this goes.
So, guys, what are you thinking? I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I won't have the answers with this. So, just right off the bat, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. No, but I think I think the way you summed it up with the question marks is is key, right? And and something that I'm reminded of is oftentimes when uh, the boys come home um, from them for their day, and we decide to put on their show in the afternoon. Uh, there was a time where the two boys wanted to watch the same episode of the same show, like on repeat. And I was like, yo, are we not going to move on? Are we not going to start the next episode? Why are you so like obsessed with this one episode? And I actually Googled it and was like, man, why are young kids so like in tune with wanting to watch the same episode of a show? And it's because they know what's going to happen, right? So there's, yep. there's some human yeah. nature, some sort of comfort in knowing what's going yeah. to be next, right? And so it was, it was, it was a learning moment for me to realize like, hey, wow, you know, it's not just, you know, me wanting to be nice and warm and cozy in my bed. Even my kids at this early age are already yeah. comfortable with, hey, I know what's going to happen next. You know, Ryder's going to call up the two Paw Patrol and they're going to make a save, right? And that's something for <laughs> them that they just enjoyed, right? And so as I've continued on to um, not only this, you know, this physical challenge of, of running, um, but one thing that I've I've embraced and, you know, you know, in in the army they call it uh, embracing the suck. In ultra running, I've heard it known as uh, be comfortable with the with the uncomfortable. And uh, one of the things that I've I've really learned is it's not so much pain that it's uncomfortable. It's it's not so much like the the physical aspect always. It's a lot of it is mental and things that I need to overcome in that sense. Um, and so there's there's certain things that I've realized um, and and ways to engage. Um, in the in in the learning aspect, which I think is what the question mark really comes down to, right? We're we're not really learning unless we're uncomfortable. I think that's a key point that we have to kind of kind of make as well. One of the things that I've done is to engage that kind of unco- being uncomfortable while while running. Um, and what I mean by that is sometimes I won't know my route. Sometimes I'll take off on a run, and I have no idea where I'm going besides the fact that hey, I need to go eight miles, and I'm just going to keep making left turns nascar style are they right turns i don't know i don't watch nascar but you know i'm gonna keep making these turns and i'm just gonna keep going until i reach my mileage or my time and it's so much it's so different right it is a different kind of feeling to know like to just be engaged in that kind of oh man i don't i don't exactly know where my route's gonna take me and uh i realized that that's a fun way to kind of kickstart a little bit of unknown and and try to put put some more question marks into my route um, but I think the, the other point as we were gearing up and we were taking time to write our notes down and doing everything, um, and I'll, and I'll be honest, you know, spiritual in a sense of leadership and, and, and modeling my behavior for my son has always been something that I have found challenging in a way that it's because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm prepared. I think you said it earlier, John, just not being equipped enough. And I think that alone has shown me how much like discomfort I have in those situations and why I need to push more into it. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. if pushing is the right word to say, but it's something I need to engage more in. Um, and, and not always to, to find answers, right? Not always to have answers to these question marks, but to create more questions, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, and I appreciate that you brought up the mental part, like, cause I think there's a, there's a distinction in what we're talking about here that, you know, we're not talking about choosing discomfort for discomfort's sake right. or, uh, you know, 
giving up all of the comforts of our modern life to go live some ascetic existence, uh, you know, on a mountaintop somewhere. Um, I, I think really we're talking more about uh, the mindset that allows us to, in particular situations, come up against something that makes us uncomfortable and still choose to take the path that moves us forward in a positive direction um you know like like having the the conversation um with your wife uh you know okay this question and and putting this question to her makes me feel uncomfortable but i am in a space where i can choose to walk through that discomfort to do the thing that i feel like is the right thing to do in this moment um and so I, th- I think we, you know, we all encounter those places of discomfort. Spiritual leadership is one for me as well, um, where, you know, it, it just feels like I'm not prepared, feels like there's so many places that I could do it wrong, feels like, um, you know, any one particular chance that I have to pray with my family is like the one chance that is going to make a difference in their spiritual lives for eternity. Um, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, that the, having the weight of that, um, makes that an, an uncomfortable position to be in and knowing, um, you know, kind of what the stakes are there. Um, and then being able to choose to engage in that, um, you know, and, and I think there's, there's inflection points, you know, and, and that's what, that's what we're talking about is. I can go left or I can go right. And which way am I going to choose to go? Am I going to choose to stay in what's comfortable and known? Or am I going to choose the way that I think I'm supposed to go, but might make things different? Um, you know, I was uh, having a quiet time and, and talking with God. And um, you know, he just he brought to mind how uh, I'm often very much in my headspace and that I want to try and interact with him from my headspace and not my heart space and and not engage emotionally with him um you know and as i was having that conversation with him uh he brought to mind uh something that that we picked up from um Aaron McHugh an author uh who says you have to kind of um put to bed what he calls your loyal soldier um and it's it's the part of you that has gotten you where you are it's the part of you that has uh, brought success or notoriety or um, it's it's the skill set that you have that people appreciate um, and that at some point you have to be willing to lay that down. Uh, and that's an extremely uncomfortable. I mean, you want to talk about discomfort. You're literally choosing to walk away from the thing that uh, has brought you comfort, um, potentially made your life comfortable, uh, to be able to say that was a part of me, uh, that has been given too much priority of place. Uh, and, and you know, I, I have to work on other aspects of myself. Um, and so that, that was, you know, even just a hard conversation to have, to start with God of, you know, you need to maybe put this down. Um, which is why I love that story about Peter. You know, uh, like you said, John, 
he's in the boat with all these other dudes and he's the one guy who decides that it's worth it to step out onto the water and they all know Jesus. They've all been walking with Jesus. They all know what he's offering. And Peter's the guy that steps out of the boat. Um, but I was, I was saying before we started recording, I find it interesting that, you know, half of the 12 disciples, we don't even remember their names most of the time. Uh, but Peter is the guy who chooses to be there at Jesus's sham trial. Peter is the guy who gets to be there uh, when the tomb is open on Easter morning. Uh, Peter is the guy that gets to have the the really cool redemptive moment with Jesus on the beach. Um, you know, Peter chooses in, in a bunch of places uh, in the Gospels to, to step out of comfort and into something that is uncomfortable. Um, but then we get to see Peter's growth out of those stories and we get to see, uh, you know, Peter at Pentecost preaching. Peter, who, you know, trips over his words and sticks his foot in his mouth more than probably anybody else in the Bible, uh, preaching and converting thousands um, because those were the choices that he made when those moments presented themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I was struck by with all of that was that, like you said, Tom, his growth comes from the moments of discomfort where again, he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And I feel like that is, that is so often the case when we look back on our own stories that those, those are the pivotal moments in life, the moments where we didn't know what was going to happen next, but we chose to jump. And in some cases, maybe jumping without any sense of whether or not it was a good idea at all. Um, but in many cases, you know, those the moments of growth don't necessarily seem to come from in, from incremental increase in areas where we're already comfortable right the you know mike you've done a phenomenal job of getting me to set goals for like one of the first times in my life and actually write them down and post them and i was looking at the goals that i have posted for the year and all of them are they're going to push me but they're going to push me in areas that i'm already comfortable you know, I set a goal to run further than I've ever run, which it's challenging, but I know how to do it, right? Yeah. I just need to keep running. You know, I set myself a goal to lose weight, but I know how to lose weight. I've, I've been on diets before. I've exercised before. Like I, I know how to cut weight. It's going to be hard to cut that weight because I've not been doing a good job of staying healthy for the last year, but I know how to do it. Right. Right. I, we talked a couple times about how much we all love to read and how much of a fantasy world I live in where I believe that everybody likes to read. And so I set myself a goal for the number of books I want to read for the year. But I know how to do that. Right? None of those are places of discomfort other than, you know, the the marginal discomfort of I'm going to have to sacrifice something else I want to do if I'm going to meet these goals. But none of these are places where the outcome is completely in question. And my capacities and capabilities are completely untested and untried. And, you know, Tom, all of those places that you just described in the story of Peter's life, you know, all of those are places where the outcome for him and for others was completely unknown. And it feels like that's, that's what this space is getting at. And, you know, it's reminding me of times in my life, like I, I really wanted to play football when I was a kid. 
and finally got my mom to sign the permission form after convincing her however many times that I wasn't actually going to get killed. And But I showed up like a week late to middle school football, which, I mean, they don't have real tryouts. It's just sort of like show up and anybody can play. It doesn't even matter if you're good. But I'd gotten there after they had done all the, like, here's your pads and here's your gear and here's how it all works. And so I got there on the day where everybody knew how to dress themselves and had already, like, basically cleared the locker room. And the coach hands me a pile of gear and he's like, you know, we'll see you out on the field, get dressed. And I looked at this stuff and go, I don't know what to do. I have no clue what's like the shoulder pads I figured out the helmet that one's kind of a given but the rest of it I was like I I don't understand like the pad and the anatomy just don't seem to match (laughs) and I bailed I left it all there and I walked out to the payphone which was still a thing when I was a kid and did 1-800-COLLECT and when it said to say my name, I said, Mom, come pick me up, and then hung up so there were no charges, because that's how you got around those things in the 90s, and then made up some excuse about, I don't even remember what I said, honestly, but I never went back, because it was too uncomfortable. I didn't know if I could do it. And it's not like that has scarred me for life, uh, because I'm actually pretty happy with how my athletic career turned out in other sports, but it's always been a question mark. In my head of, you know, I wonder how life might have been different had I stepped into that discomfort. And so it's a simple example, but I feel like it illustrates some of what we're getting after here of there's the challenge of the known, but there's the discomfort of the unknown. And so how, how do we become willing not to chase after discomfort, like you said, but to recognize the areas where I re- I really don't want to go here and and then make ourselves go there knowing that the outcome is very much in question that our capabilities are very much in question um and I like how already the the places that we're pointing out are those less tangible ones relationships spirituality um you know confidence in roles and responsibilities um you know some of those softer skills i just you know it already this is such an interesting conversation compared to our challenge series which felt much more like cut and dry and linear and we can lay all this out and chart it and it's just it's funny as we're having this conversation realizing like you know this is circling around some things that are just hard to put words to yeah for reals and i you know i'm reminded and at least it, it, it made me think of um, your football story of how much joy people could miss out on because they're too afraid yeah. to embrace discomfort, right? And uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm reminded of a story. You know, uh, a few years ago, moving to Virginia, I started being part of uh, a team, kind of mentoring some younger kids. And uh, on one of the outings, they wanted to do this hike called Old Rag. And if you're familiar with the area, this is this is a bit of a, a hike. It's it's a bit of a haul and. You know, uh, this is, again, a couple of years out of being in the military. So I was definitely at one of my, um, I wasn't say a high point, but I think it's more of like a low point with, but weight was at a high, high point. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we start climbing old rag and it is, it is a, it is a hike, right? It is one of those ones where I was out of breath, not even halfway through. And I'm with another guy who's, you know, I think he was like an old college defensive back and he's sprinting past me and he's like probably in his like fifties and he's just blowing up this mountain. I'm like, man, and I, and I almost quit. 
I, I will tell you right now, I got to a point, a couple switchbacks into it. I was kind of like doing the wave ahead. I'll see you guys on the way back. I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, 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 I'm through. And, uh, and the crew was, you know, they, they were, Hey, slow down. We got you. You're going to get to the top. And as uncomfortable as it was, beautiful scene being able to see the top of this mountain and being able to see as far as i could see and i and i have pictures from that day you know shoulder and shoulder and you know seeing everybody and that's the picture i see right the beautiful picture the joy that i had from that mountain but right before that i was huffing and puffing and i was hurting um and i think to myself like i could have missed out on being in that picture i could have missed out on that little bit of joy just because yeah. my my body was hurting, right, just a little bit, and so you know, I just think about like you know how many times have people been stuck in a, in their same job, right, or stuck yep. in stuck in you know um, in whatever kind of rut they are in, whether it's like you know a physical or mental kind of rut, but just afraid to be uncomfortable, and in, and 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 doing so have robbed themselves of of fun, of joy, of you know a smile, yep. right? Yeah. Well, so then how do we like, how do we get ourselves to that point of, um, I don't know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable sounds super cliche and I'll let you guys <laughs> in the ultra world keep that one. But, um, you know, like really, how do we, I don't know, can you train yourself up to approach a moment of discomfort and at least have the presence of mind to say, here is a decision point and I'm not just going to to fall back on what's comfortable, but I'm going to, uh, you know, embrace this discomfort and 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 see where it goes. Yeah, and and I think it's probably going to be at least at the outset, it's going to be a less a question of how and more a question of why. Hmm. Um, you know, steps and techniques are going to matter less than motivation. Yeah. Right. And it's the same if you go back to that story that we've been talking about with Peter in the boat. Right. It, it wasn't a question of how he was going to do it. It was a question of why he wanted to do it. And the why outweighed the how. So much so that he was willing to allow for question marks with the how in order to achieve the why. Um, we've thrown out a couple of people that have said some smart things. And so I'm going to use one more. Um, this author and speaker that I really, really respect, Bob Hamp. Um, and it was like, it was one of those joking Twitter comments that just struck me as incredibly profound at the same time. But he was saying, I'm at the age where it hurts more to not exercise than to exercise. Which, I mean, honestly, at 38, coming up on 39, like, that's where I'm finding myself now. That's that's why I'm thankful that Mike and Zach and all these other crazy running people have been forcing me and, you know, socially shaming me to start running because <laughs> I'm now at the age where it's going to, I'm going to start to pay the price for not doing the difficult thing. Yeah. But it was also making me realize that the motivation is the game changer, right? It's not because you've suddenly figured out the technique. It's because you've suddenly discovered the value of the thing that you've been afraid of doing. Mm -hmm. And and so I feel like that's probably where the rubber meets the road for a lot of this when it comes to discomfort. It's it's realizing, you know, I don't have the relationship that I want to have with, you know, insert name here, whether it's spouse or father or mother or brother or sister or child. And I don't know how, but I know that I'm not okay with this anymore. 
right? I know that I'm not just going to leave the football pads on a pile in the locker room and walk out anymore. I'm going to stick around and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to watch a YouTube video. I don't know how to do it, but I am not going to allow this situation to exist this way any longer, right? And, you know, I'll throw out an example of something that I've been working through and something I've, I've, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or I've talked it with you two separately because, you know, so many conversations have started to blur together. But <laughs> yeah. um, my first response to anything Kellen asked me is no. It could be, Dad, can we – no. Can we – no. <laughs> and it's like I've gotten to this point where I don't know why, but it's it's no automatically and – I, I figured out it was one of those ones where I, I, I still haven't figured out. I should say I, I have challenged myself not to use that word in, 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 in the way of challenging him, but more of a find a way to get uncomfortable with saying yes first and being able to say, Hey, why am I so, why is it so easy for me to say no? Why do I find myself saying no in this situation? Um, and I, and I still something, I think I still need to pray through and something I still need to figure out, but I know that I am really uncomfortable with, with giving him so much, um, leeway, so much, I don't want to say leash, but so much like of his own ability to do things. Um, and maybe I'm afraid he's going to get hurt because we dealt with a lot of his, you know, stitches and, you know, fears of broken bones and all this stuff earlier on. But I think that's something that I've had to recently, and, and I say recently, loosely, it's probably been in the last year, try to be more comfortable with is saying yes first than no. And I don't know if that's on topic or if I need to edit this out, but that's, I think that's one of the ones that I've been, I've been looking at recently, yeah. like as a, as a, Hey, you know, it's okay to say yes uh, on, on some things, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, parenting puts us in that uncomfortable position a lot right of not only am i having to make a decision for myself in what my response is going to be but also i have to think through what my response how that's going to affect you um that actually reminds me of of uh something i think of often when dealing with the kids and and definitely still don't do uh, a good job of but um matt chandler said he he wants to um pretty much like you were saying, have his response be yes. Mm-hmm. Um, as often as it can be, my response to my kids should be yes. Um, and his reasoning is too, that, that then his no, it, it carries more weight. Yeah. Right. So like if, if I'm, if I'm for you, if, if I want good things for you, if, if we're going to have fun and um, you know, I'm going to let you be a kid and yeah, you're going to have, you know, two desserts sometimes or whatever that looks like. Um, you know, but when I say no, that that's important. Um, then how do we, you know, then, then we got to put ourselves in that uncomfortable position of eh, two desserts. Uh, no, that's not good for you. Um, you know, and I know that's not good for me, but, uh, they're kids. They'll work it off, I guess. <laughs> but, um, you know, but, but we have to, to, choose to embrace the um what would not be our um what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, Mike. Knee jerk yeah reaction, right? Um of of no, no, we can't do that. 
because I, I I find myself in the same situation. I say no a lot, and then I'm like, wait, why? Why was my answer no? Mm. Like that that actually would have been okay. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the obstacles that we find in this area of discomfort is that sort of like predictive knowledge. Yeah. Mm. Right. The 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 Sunday sportscaster that says, oh yeah, I know who's going to win the game, <laughs> and they're right like half the time. Right. Right. And then after the fact, it's always easier to look back and be like, well, obviously the other team, like that team was going to win because of, you know, yada, yada, yada happened. But I feel like we so often do that same thing, especially in areas where we're uncomfortable. We rely on that predictive knowledge of, I bet if I engaged in this this way, this is what would happen. And so this is why I'm not going to do it, right? If I said yes all the time, they're going to get a million cavities, break 72 bones, and I'm going to be bankrupt because of hospital and dental bills. And so, no. And so that that predictive knowledge, you know, makes us feel safe enough to not have to engage with the discomfort. You know, I'm not going to ask my wife what's wrong when I can tell that something is clearly wrong because I don't know what the hell to do. And so if I don't ask, then I don't look like a fool and things don't get worse. And so I'm just going to rely on that predictive knowledge to at least keep me somewhat safe. Yeah. Right. And instead it's that doesn't work because we know how often predictive knowledge is wrong. Right, we live in an area where they can't get the weather right, not because they're not good at their job, but because you got the ocean on the east side, the river on the north, another river on the west, plus a chain of mountains. Like it's impossible for predictive analysis to be right on a regular basis out here for the weather. Yeah. They try their best, but they're wrong as often as they're right. And so sometimes you just you have to see what happens. And that's where I think we're going to try to go for a little bit if if we're able to, um, to, to maintain some traction on this. Of We're going to dig into a couple of places that we know are often areas of discomfort, either for us or for people that we know, um, and see if we can keep this thread going for a little bit because it, it feels like there's some value here. Um, we got so much out of the challenge series that we got to do. It's, it's honestly, it's changed the way that the three of us have lived. Um, and it's made us far more willing to push into areas where we really were capable of doing more, I think, than we were allowing ourselves to believe. And it feels like there's something as valuable, if not more so, in this area of discomfort. If we can start to put you know, a frame around it and draw those circles a little tighter um, to bring it into focus... And, and so we're going to sit with this for the next couple of weeks on some of these areas of discomfort. We'll bring in some friends of ours. Uh, I'll drag in some people off the street because you can do that in COVID, right? <laughs> um, and get some other perspectives on this. But we hope you'll, you'll stick with us for this ride because I think it's going to go somewhere good. Uh, so for now, this is John with Mike and Tom. Thank you guys for being on this journey with us. Uh, we'll see you next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com, and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers to keep the conversation going throughout the week. 
If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you back here real soon.